Welcome to Teaching Takeaways, Season 1, Episode 14. I'm your host, Amanda, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast series is about sharing favorite tools, strategies, thoughts, and fun finds on all things education. If you have any connection to the education field and want to finesse your craft, this is the space to hang out and grab a piece of instant relevance. A takeaway you can apply to your classroom the very same day. Friends, last time I posted on the podcast about revamping the book desert in your classroom with specific book formats for striving readers and genre suggestions to benefit all readers. This week, I'm back to continue the conversation about the classroom library and how to make it more inclusive for the learners in your classroom. To remind you, the content of this podcast is from the book, From Striving to Thriving, How to Grow Confident, Capable Readers. Okay, so as promised, we're going to start with action step two on the book desert and revamping things. So if you notice the title of this podcast is called No Shame in the Book Game. So that's kind of the overall theme for today's episode. And action step two just suggests that you display a wide range of titles. Don't forget about the classroom read-alouds you do and any book talks happening in your classroom. What I thought was really cool about this section of the book, maybe you do it, I know that I did not, and I will definitely do this moving forward, is keep a active and active running chart somewhere in your classroom. Probably the library would make the most sense if you have wall space for it, where you take a picture of the book cover of any books that you do as read-alouds, and you write the title and the author for your readers, and the picture of the book is more for non-readers, or maybe if it jogs the memory, you know how we talked about shopping for books and looking at the covers, but keep a running record of the read-alouds that you do so that students can add those to their book boxes when it's their day or week to bookshop. As teachers, we are kind of our own heroes and a big deal in the eyes of our students every single day, and they really take what we say and what we believe and a lot of times they apply it to their own belief systems or they add to something that they believe so if we are pumping books up and adding them to the anger chart about read alouds that we have done then we're creating a level of excitement like this is a hot new release you now need to read it on your own and then you also have this cute little students that want to play teacher and so that'll be exciting for them to read a book that you once read as a read aloud to your classroom. So teacher endorsed books are kind of a big deal. The authors will also talk about varying the genre when you do read alouds, which I thought was really cool. So not always reading the chapter book at the end of the school day or reading a mentor text to teach a specific lesson, but having a variety of books that you do read alouds to and adding them in so that you are being more inclusive for the books that you are exposing children to do. The authors talk about adding in some 
lower level books, but discussing more complex ideas within the books, like the pigeon um, book series. You know, you could talk about dialogue or punctuation or I don't know. Those are just a couple of things that popped off the top of my head. But um, using those books that are pretty simple to read and talking about higher level thinking within them not only interests your advanced readers, but it also gives credibility to the book for those readers as well so that they too want them in their book box and not just your striving readers, but your thriving readers as well. So again, it's showing kind of this book's cool no matter who you are or what reading ability you might have. And they talk about mixing in joke books, wacky fact books, magazines, coffee table books, and it makes, again, the easier titles more acceptable to have in student book boxes when the teacher thinks they are cool. So remember, you have a lot of influence with your students. We want to expose them to as much fun and variety of books, not just your standard issue chapter book to read at the end of the school day or before lunch or after lunch. But again, just mixing it up. In the book, the authors provide a basic example of a book talk you could do with your students. And I will add it to the show notes on the website. But basically, it's a four-step process. So we're going to go over each step. And I'm going to give you an example that I created using a book uh, that I've mentioned in other podcasts as well. Here we go. Step one, share the title of the book with a feeling such as excited or pumped or anything else that you um, comes to mind for you. My example for that would be friends. I'm super pumped today to share with you this new book. National Geographic Kids Ultimate Oceanpedia. Step two is give a one-liner summary of the book without giving away the plot. My example, this book has over 350 colored photos of awesome animal wildlife in the ocean and land features along the coast and even underwater. Step three, Mark a page in the book to share with students. My example, look at this page. It talks all about the green throat parrotfish. Have you heard of it? Not only does it have a ton of cool information, but it also has these text features to help us better understand the green throat parrotfish. And then I would point and discuss the notice text features with the students. And lastly, step four, state the location of the book and encourage students to add it to their books to read list. My example, I'm going to leave this book on the easel for you all to borrow. I'm also adding the title to our chart. Is anyone interested in adding this awesome nonfiction book to their reading list or book box? And then I would walk over to the chart so that they are paying attention to the chart's location also to reactivate that that's where all of our read aloud running list is located. And I would add the 
title to the chart and I would already have planned ahead and had a screenshot of the book cover already cut out and I would stick it on the chart so that my striving readers could remember the cover just like thriving readers but then it also has the official book title and author beside it for anyone that cares to add it to their list so that is easy of a book talk as you can do and again just varying those genres is going to make your library and your classroom more inclusive for all readers now to sum up action step two we need to display a variety of books in our classrooms give book talks on the regular using a variety of genres create a running anchor chart of teacher endorsed books encourage students to have a to be read book list to keep a log of books they are interested in. Now, to move on to my ideas of what the to-be-read list could look like in your classroom. I think a what's in my Amazon cart bulletin board would be awesome. We all add items of interest to our carts to purchase later, why not encourage students to do something similar? In the show notes, I have included a bulletin board sketch, no judgment please, of what I would do in the classroom as well as a printable students could have in their book boxes as well. I think teacher-endorsed books as well as peer-endorsed books is an easy way to keep students excited about reading. Lastly is action step three for no shame in the book game, revamping your classroom library. And basically the third action step is to send books home nightly on weekends and over school vacations. In case you didn't already know, we need to send home books, the good ones, not the paper books that we can print from a variety of websites, but real books that are exciting and interesting, as we've talked about earlier, with children every single day and not rely on the parents to supply the books. Parents have a lot going on, especially right now, that if we can lessen their burdens by giving them books or provide resources, in this case, to book accessibility, then we are helping them out and also helping readers, you know, grow in their craft. Now, when sending home books, we need to make sure there are books in each kiddo's backpack that they can read. And our efforts need to happen every night and with additional books over the weekends or school breaks. And I know back when I was in the classroom, I never thought about sending home books over the weekends or school breaks, just nightly reading and just kind of associated it with a reading log. I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but after doing this research and being a parent myself and working with other people's kids in different schools, I have come to the realization that we don't need reading logs. We do not need nightly writing response, written response questions to books. We just need to send books home that kids can read for 
enjoyment and to practice the reading like Dr. Johnson talked about several episodes ago, just giving kids time to read. So um, we need to make sure that we are okay sending the books home. And guess what? If a book gets damaged or doesn't come back, I know that a lot of times we buy the books with our own money, but my thought is, is it's okay because there will be other books and we just want kids to have access. And a lot of times at the end of the year, they end up turning up anyway, but just giving them access. And I know that in the summer months in the past, school librarians have opened their doors at least once a week for summer checkout opportunities. However, since we are in the middle of a pandemic currently, libraries where you are might not be open. I know that the school libraries around here are definitely not open and there's a whole bunch of rules. I can't even keep up with the county libraries, but something like one person in the library at a time, which is a little crazy. Anyhow, thankfully, there are a number of online resources giving free book access to digital titles for students. And, you know, if you have students that do not have access to the internet, and that's, you know, something that's up for debate right now across social media, could you or would you consider doing a book drop and dropping books off on their front porch with a little special note? Or um, swinging by little libraries around towns where you live and just collecting some books and doing drops. I don't know. We just have to be creative. But we want kids to not regress over the summer months because there's so much research to support the summer slide and what we can do to prevent it. So those are the final action steps for revamping the book desert and no shame in the book game and everything else we've already talked about in previous episodes. Give your kids time to read. It's okay for your classroom to be quiet and for you to be conferencing after doing a mini lesson and giving kids the opportunity to practice whatever it is you've just taught by reading in their own books that are self-selected. If you want to hear more about fabulousness from Stephanie Harvey and Annie Ward, the book From Striving to Thriving, How to Grow Confident, Capable, can't talk today, Capable Readers, I suggest Amazon. There's some good forms to check out. There are some lesson plans to continue the conversation. But the biggest thing and the biggest takeaway I wanted you to get from this is let's create robust classroom libraries using what we have, people that we know, opportunities like donors choose to fill the gap or scholastic book order points if you have a school population that's active in scholastic book orders. And let's create readers that want to read, that don't associate reading with a written response or a specific number of minutes they have to take care of to check it off their nightly to-do list. And let's just bring back the love of reading because these kids are going to be grown-ups one day. And the scary part is, is if we're not doing our best to help support them and grow them as readers, they're going to be the decision makers for us when we're old and we can't make decisions for ourselves. So let's do our part and create awesome, caring, literate humans 
to help us win, you know, the table. Well, friends, thanks for hanging with me to discuss the last two action steps to overhauling the book desert in our classrooms with no shame in the book game. I think discussing ways to help our striving readers become thriving readers with access to quality books and fantastic recommendations from teachers as well as peers is worth chatting about. I will be back next time to discuss ways to differentiate your flipped classroom and hopefully give some ideas to help make lesson planning in the fall a little bit easier, especially if it's distance learning. If there's ever a topic you would like more information on, direct message me on Twitter at Amanda Hallman, on Instagram at Teaching Takeaways, or by email teachingtakeaways at gmail.com. Thanks for hanging with me for a piece of instant relevance, a teaching takeaway to use in your classroom the very same day. Next time, I'll see you for a new teaching takeaway.